So I'm your host, Dave Smucker, here with my friend Randy Martin, who serves as a missionary in Kenya. And again, Randy, just so grateful um, that you're here, grateful for your life. It's interesting, I had heard about you guys a number of times, and then we got connected you know, earlier this year. And um, there's these things, from my perspective, there's these relationships that emerge at just the right time, and they just happen. You don't really have to put effort into it, and that's what I sense is happening here. So I'm just grateful for you guys. Grateful that you said yes to be here. I was very excited this morning just to hear about yeah, what's happening in your lives, um, how to, what was the journey up to this point, and so forth. So welcome uh, to the podcast. Welcome to Lancaster. Uh, home roots, but uh, from what I gather, it doesn't feel like home as much. So uh, welcome, and I would just love to hear a bit about yourself and your family, Randy. Yeah, so it's good to be here, Dave. Thanks for the invitation. And um, it is uh, quite overwhelming to be raised and born in Lancaster County and then move out and go to Africa and different parts of the world and come back here. And um, definitely this is where our roots are. Uh, as I said, I was raised here, born here. Um, I am a Martin, so I'm very, very <laughs> Lancaster County. Very fabric of the county, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, I am. Yeah. But, you know, the Lord called, called us out, and um, it's been an amazing journey to move to Africa, move to a different culture, different country, different people, different um, backgrounds and, and thought processes. And coming from Lancaster County, there's amazing roots that we have in Lancaster County that I don't want to ever lose. Mm. And I pray that, you know, as we um, evolve, if you want to use that word, um, that there are really good things that we've been taught and grew up with here in Lancaster County that I pray we never lose. Mm, good moral values. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I'd love to hear a bit about your family, wife, children. You know. Yeah, so I'm married for 36 years. Wow. Uh, that's a miracle in itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, for yeah. God to give me a woman to put up with me for this many years is definitely God. Uh, we have two sons, um, Justin and Jeremy. We have a granddaughter, Olivia. And um, yeah, our oldest son is 31 and our youngest is 29. And so we've been blessed with two sons. And uh, they live here in Lancaster County as well. They did not go with us to Kenya. They have their own... Um, lives here in Lancaster County. Yeah, so good. And so I would love to hear a little bit about uh, what is the ministry you lead and uh, what's the vision behind it? Yeah, the ministry that uh, we lead is called Preparing the Way Ministries. And then our slogan is preparing the church for Christ's return. Mm. You know, I'm not saying he's coming next week, next year, or even 10 years from now, but he's coming. And the church needs to be vibrant. And um, so uh, we've been leading that. We're going on our sixth year. Um, that we're leading for Paranway Ministries. Our ultimate goal uh, is not just for Africa. Yes, we, we're based in Africa, but we're also licensed here in, in America. We have a 501c3, mm -hmm. and Preparing Way Ministries is licensed here uh, with the, the government as well. Uh, but ultimately, it would be to see the church vibrant, passionate. You know, we look to government. We look to, we look to all kinds of things for the answers, and yep. Jesus is the answer. And, and I feel that our ultimate goal is that the church would be so vibrant that the government would be coming to the churches and saying, how are you doing it? Mm. How are you successful when mm. everything else is failing? Yeah. And so our ultimate desire is that the church is ready for the return of Christ. And, and if that's the case, then we should be the most vibrant, effective people on the face of this earth. So that would be our out, our ultimate goal is to see the church just more vibrant, having greater answers, and just doing it, doing yeah. the work of Christ. Yeah. It's amazing. Almost what I'm hearing you say is there's divine solutions to some of the world's problems. Every problem that exists, Christ is the answer. Mm. Now, in Christ, there's different ways but christ and the bible has all our answers and we just need to come to them and i think as a church focuses in there are answers we don't just yes you pray for healing you pray for finances but there are things we do mm -hmm. uh, in kenya and we might talk about this later like we're helping farmers produce more milk with less money which brings more money into their pocket, which then the offering plate is larger, and now the mm -hmm. church has more finances mm -hmm. to send out missionaries. The kingdom just continues to grow and multiply, right? That's what amazes me every time I read the Bible. We don't read about where the kingdom is it's building towers to God. It's advancing. It's growth. Right. It's multiplication and all of that. 
So how did you get personally get started serving in Kenya? Because why not Asia? Why not Europe? Why not, you know what I mean? So how did you personally get connected to Kenya? Dave, I get asked that question a lot. <laughs> Randy, there's enough to do in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and um, that's what makes God so unique because God has plans that are far beyond ours. But when we trust in him, he'll lead us and guide us. He's not, he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I have plans for you to prosper you and bless mm-hmm. you and give you hope, not to hurt you, not to harm you. Yeah. And so he does have plans. And so in 1993, um, I was going through the motions of Lancaster County yeah. and God sent a young man from Kenya in uh, 93 and changed my life. He challenged me. He gave me my first study Bible and he challenged me on a spirit filled life. And, uh, I told him he was crazy and he just said, here, prove me wrong. And you tell, uh, a Mennonite boy to prove me wrong, man. You're going to find, we'll the dig in brother. We'll dig in deep and we'll put our, our heel back and uh, we'll dig in. And, uh, I couldn't prove him wrong. The Bible, um, as I studied it and looked at it, it radically transformed my life. And so then um, he invited me to Kenya in 1994. And I'm like, nah, I have no desire. But uh, just through prayer and, and the prompting of the Lord, we I went in 94 and fell in love with Kenya. Wow. Yeah. And then was it like, was it, was it, obviously that was 94, we're talking almost 30 years ago. So I'm assuming yes. you made multiple trips or kind of how did that, yeah. what was kind of just the, uh, not all the details, but just kind of the general pro- trajectory of how you got connected to actually moving there. Yeah. So uh, like I said, the first trip, 94, there was three of us plus me, four went and uh, then we started leading teams and up till 2018, I've probably been to Kenya over 30 times. I've taken so many teams. In fact, I was just talking with someone at Petra the other day, and they were like, yeah, my son went with you like 15 years ago. And (laughs) there were so many trips, I can't remember them all. But then in 2015, uh, the Lord gave us a call to lay down a construction business. I was associate pastor, and I was also in construction. And the Lord said, lay it down. And uh, so through a process of laying it down, uh, God called us to Kenya full time. And so in 2018, we moved to Kenya full time, and now we're residents of Kenya, um, and um, we're licensed in Kenya, mm-hmm. and God is doing amazing things. That's incredible. I would love to hear a little bit, too, just about the process of founding Preparing the Way Ministries. So was that founded when you left, before you left? Just kind of how did that come about? Yeah, so uh, when we left, we went and worked with another ministry in Kenya, and we went as missionaries from Petra. And they said, well, we'd like you to have a name um, for what you're doing, you know, not just Randy and Bonnie Martin. And so I was praying about it, and I looked back over my life, Dave, and I saw uh, um, the process or the the theme that God kept giving to me. And I'll share this quick story. When I was nine years old, my neighbor was smoking cigarettes and I was raised at smoking cigarettes. You don't go to heaven. So at nine years old and he was like 18 or 19 and he was big and I was little and I ran over and I grabbed his cigarettes and I crushed them. And then I knew that he could tape them back together. So I ran them over to the spigot and I soaked them in water. Well, he turned on me and, and I ran to mom. Mom was my savior at that time. But I realized that early on, I didn't want to see him go to hell, Dave. Like my heart at nine years old, I didn't want to see people yeah. go to hell. And so there's been a passion in my heart since I'm young that to share the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ, let people know there's hope. And, and through all of that is... Um, just preparing the church. And so I remember um, I was up at our cabin fasting one weekend and the Lord said, I want you to infect as many people as you can. And so I've had dreams and visions of the second coming of the Lord. Mm. And that has radically changed my life because the Bible says that wide is the road that leads to destruction, Mm. narrow is the gate and Mm. only few will find it yeah. and um and so that's just been the the desire of my heart that man we need to when this life is over you're gonna spend eternity somewhere yeah. and so um preparing the way ministries and god said with uh, john the baptist how john prepared for his first coming the lord clearly spoke to me dave and said i'm using you to prepare for my second return. Hence, that's where we got the name Preparing the Way Ministries. And so it has grown into something that I never imagined. I only have eight grades education. (laughs) I couldn't read or write when I left school at 13 and a half years old. And so for God to take a little 
country, uh, Lancaster County boy, eighth grade education, and wow. now I travel the world and speak to leaders and challenge leaders all over the world. We were in Poland this year speaking to 65 leaders in Kenya. We had 750 leaders, which you were there as well. Yeah. You got to see that. Yeah. And so Preparing the Way Ministries is birthed out of all those things that God has been speaking to me and just preparing the church wow. for his return. And isn't that amazing? We talk about divine solutions. Like when we would choose a solution, we wouldn't choose the person you're talking about. 13-year-old kid can't read and write, eight grades of education. Like we would not put him in any type of leadership <laughs> position anywhere, right? But divine, you know, divine solutions. And so I would, I, you don't need to share many details, but I'm confident that somebody that's walking your journey has had some challenges along the way. Um, so do you want to share any of those challenges? Not, again, not details or any of that, but just curious, like what are some of the times when you were like, you know what, this is it. I'm not going forward anymore. Well, Dave, I could write a book with many chapters, uh, and many pages in each chapter. Um, it's not an easy journey, but what makes the journey amazing is seeing God come through even in our hardest times james says consider it pure joy when you face challenges of many kinds they come for the the testing of our faith and the perfection of our faith refining of our faith and i'm not there yet i don't count it pure joy but we've been through quite a few things and probably the hardest thing is people that we love they just don't understand why we're doing what we do. And so instead of trying to understand what we're doing, they come against us. Mm. They say, well, why do you have to do this? Why do you have to go here? Why do you have to do that? And that's been some of the hardest things. And people don't understand why we do what we do. And trying to help them see it and they don't see it mm. um, is probably some of the hardest challenges. And the other thing is that people take advantage of you. Um, they see your heart and they, they take advantage of it. And just the hurt of people using you and misusing you has been some of the hardest things. And then family, just not understanding why would you leave? Yeah. Why would you leave perfect yeah. Lancaster County? And yeah. I say, it's God. And then they tell me, well, um, we're praying. I said, well, you better pray harder because if God says different, we, we will change it. But mm -hmm. um, just dealing with people that you love and respect mm -hmm. when they don't understand why you do what you do yep. and they're like you need to be home more often you don't you're missing birthdays you're missing this you're missing yeah. that and yes we are but we're following what god has and jesus said and you know the scripture well i'm sure dave that if we're not willing to leave father mother yeah. son daughter or fields yeah and I'm not saying we have to leave them, but if God's calling you to leave... you got to answer the call, man. You have to, my friend. You have yeah. to. And even you, I think that is a testament to you, is, is number one, you're, you're, you know, from what I've observed, you're a bit of a visionary and you're instant, like, look, guys, like, there's, let's go. Like, what, what's holding us back? And it, I think it's a testament to how God created you that even at nine years old, regardless of whether theology was correct or not, that that person smoking cigarettes is automatically going to hell, regardless of what the theology is, that's what you were taught, that's what you believed. And yes. so when you saw that, your instant reaction is, no, like this person needs to be saved, right? They that's need correct. to know Jesus. And so I think there's that element for you, whether it's evangel you know, evangelistic mindset, whatever, um, that was placed in with you in early age. And if you bring that to the body or to the church or to, the, to people at large, whether here in Lancaster, whether in Kenya, like that to me is significant. God gave you a vision for a life of significance, right? Yes. And whether or not you realize it was there, it was there at nine years old apparently. Um, but again, when you have people that don't understand, the people you care about the most don't understand. And then you go to Kenya and, yeah, you maybe you get misused because, you know, you trusted people and then they took advantage of it. Why keep going after all those, whether it's a right hook to the chin, punch to the gut, you name it. Why keep going? That's a good question. And the question is Jesus, because in the midst of all those things, people ask me a lot of times, Randy, why don't you share more of your challenges? Why don't you share more of the hardships? And I choose to focus on what God is doing. And yes, we're going to go through challenges, but those challenges have made me stronger, Dave. Mm. They have refined me. Mm. They have shown me things about myself, which calls me to relate more on the Father, mm. uh, which is, is very exciting because he is coming back. And probably my biggest burden is there's a lot of people. So let's go to Africa. If you're not a Muslim or you're not Catholic, 
you say you're a Christian. But Dave, just saying you're a Christian, just believing in Jesus doesn't get you to heaven. Mm. You have to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. And a lot of people around the world say they're Christians, but you ask them this one question. Do you have a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus? And a lot of people stumble. People that call themselves Christians mm-hmm. stumble over that question. Mm. And if you believe in Jesus and he's your Savior, I don't think you're going to stumble. You might be like, it's not where I want it to be, Dave, but yeah, man, I have a relationship with mm-hmm. Jesus. And that burdens my heart because Jesus is coming back and the 10 virgins, five were ready and five weren't. Mm-hmm. We need to be sold out. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, because even we talked about just briefly before we started the interview here this morning, earlier we were talking about Lancaster County. Great place, great people, great values, a lot of prosperity here. But you were alluding to the amount of distractions that are here. You're seeing a vast difference. When you're in Kenya, there's less distractions. And I've just been observing that even in my own life of saying, man, it's easy to just want to add another layer of comfort so we feel secure and then we're, it's never enough. Like at that point when we're pursuing external things, um, I think finances and money are a good thing, right? It's part of the kingdom. But when, we're, when that becomes the object in our place of security, then it's when is it enough? And so just um, reflecting back even what you're talking about, about this relationship with the Lord, is like we do. We, we look to add, find fulfillment in so many different things, add another layer of comfort, and then in a place like Kenya, there's less of that there, and it starts to strip away. And then the challenges show up in life, right? And so one of the things I've been reflecting on or processing the past few months, probably the last half year, has been God's development of a leader, right? And it requires tension. It requires tension. The development of a person, the sanctification of believers. And so that's just, I guess, affirming what you're talking about is, man, what does it look like? to just stay in the game, to embrace the process the Lord's doing in our heart. So I would love to hear a bit more as well what the Lord is doing in Kenya, um, whether it's through Preparing the Way Ministries, whether it's you know just the church at large in Kenya. What is God doing in Kenya? Yeah, there's many different aspects to look at, and and uh, but God, there's there's an acceleration happening right now, Dave. I don't know. Uh, I, I've been sharing this with a lot of people. Um, in airports, you have these escalators that you that they don't take you up a level, but they just take you <laughs> faster, faster. And most people, when they get on it, they walk. They don't just stand because it's taking you, but you walk and it accelerates your walk because it's moving. And we're, I'm seeing that in the spirit realm. God is accelerating things right now. There are things coming together. There's things happening that yeah. my little brain, like there's something supernaturally happening. God is starting to align things in a faster rate than what we've ever seen. And in Kenya, there's just a hunger for the pure gospel of Jesus Christ, Un just uncomplicated it's just pursuing him and that's in business that's in ministry that's in family it's in every aspect i don't say you have to leave your business or your family to get closer to the lord and be uncomplicated no 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 we can do that in our businesses but the father's saying keep your eyes on me when peter's eyes were on jesus he walked on water dave and we're living in times that god wants to do amazing things through his people Mm. but we have to be uncomplicated we have to be pure seeking his face and i think that's what we're finding in kenya that all the government answers the vaccinations the the payouts and the the bonus checks and all these things they're They're not the answer dave and god is saying i'm the answer and as we seek him and pursue him at a greater level in our marriages in our businesses in our finances god is going to do things that Mm. we couldn't do we couldn't even plan them out to do the things that God wants to do. And one of the things that stood out to me when I was in Kenya was obviously you're talking about God accelerating things and that you're seeing it in preparing the way you're seeing it in Kenya, you're seeing it in your personal life. So how do you stay grounded? Because one of the things that stood out to me in, in one of our conversations in Kenya was your, your intentionality to start each day with prayer. Do you mind just sharing with us a little bit what that looks like for you? Yeah. John 15, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. Mm. He said, if you abide in me, I will abide in you and you will produce much fruit. So I realized that the power source 
is Jesus. The, the Where we get our energy, where we get our vision, where we get our drive, where we get insight is Jesus. And so Jesus is not here physically with us anymore, but he lives in us. Mm-hmm. The Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So every morning I want to reconnect to that power source. I want to plug in to what leads me, what guides me, mm-hmm. and what tells me is yet to come. Mm. That's the Holy Spirit. And so every morning I like to start early and just reconnect because at the end Mm. of the day, sometimes life, we sort of unplug. Every morning I want to replug. I want to reconnect so that that day I'm like, Lord, and this is my prayer day. Lord, here I am. What do we do in the day? And you that listening, you may say, well, you're in missions. You know, you don't have to go out and get the roof trusses set today (laughs) by 4 p.m. You know, I've been there. I've done that. And that is great. We need all different uh, people doing different things. But in everything, I remember setting trusses and on the peak of the roof, just praising Jesus because he wants our all, Mm -hmm. even in our businesses and our jobs. And so plugging into him, communicating with him. And you can say, but Randy, you don't have to be at a job site at 6 a.m. Yeah, but you know what? You can get up at 5 a.m., 4 Mm a.m. Because when you start disciplining yourself to spend that time with him, Mm -hmm. you will not exchange that for anything else mm-hmm. you can give up coffee to be with jesus you can give up your <laughs> sausage egg muffin to be with jesus yeah. because that power source if i don't plug in there every day mm-hmm. i feel that i am not connected to the power source and it is there again it comes back to we look at all these other things for comfort and security and fulfillment and when we start to realize that they're not bringing it long term or we're just going through the motions and then we start to let those things be stripped away you start to discover who we really are and I think for many of us, we don't like we don't like what comes out. Like you know what I mean? When yeah. it, when it gets real and raw, there's still a bit of our heart in there that we didn't know was there was that much junk in there. So like practically, what time do you start your day, or how, what does that look like for you? It really depends on because we travel a lot, and so there's mornings that I'll get up at four a.m. There's mornings I'll get up at six a.m. It just depends on what we're doing, but. For me, I like to be praying when it's still dark outside. Mm. And people are like, what? Because less distractions. There's just a stillness about it. Yep. yep. And even in the house, you can close the curtains, but if it's daylight, the light comes through. I like it dark so I can just, I walk around and sometimes I'll be kneeling, sometimes I'll be walking, sometimes I'll be setting. But I just need to have no distractions because mm. the Holy Spirit is speaking to us, Dave. But we have to slow it down. Yeah. We have to take time and say, okay, Dad, what do you want to say? Yeah. What do you want to speak to me? Because yeah. Jesus wants and desires yeah. an intimate relationship, yeah. even in our busyness. And you yeah. may say, Randy, I only get five hours of sleep a night. Why? You can't get to bed earlier? You can't get up earlier? It comes back to self-discipline and what is most important in your life. And to me, number one is the Lord, and then my wife, then my family, then ministry. But if I don't plug into that power source, I can't be all I can be to my wife, to my family, and to my ministry. And it it, it ties into another concept that I've been thinking about recently is like all the Western world, marketing uh, tries to create a perspective of lack, right? There's a lack. There's a limited amount of something, and we have part of that limited amount and therefore we want to sell it to you and so it's a high value item right and all of marketing in the western world is driven to create this idea of there's lack and then there's a solution and that drives up the value of the resource or the solution but when even when i read in the scripture not that it's prosperity gospel but this thing of like there is an abundance in his kingdom now he's going to lead us through a process of development molding and shaping us there may be times when he needs to strip things away from us so we realize our utter dependence is upon him right but this thing of i'm i'm just kind of zoning in in this season on this thing where he talks about come to my table Come to my table. I have a table prepared for you, right? Psalms 23, a table prepared for you in the presence of my enemies. And can we live as believers, as Christians, can we live with an abundance mindset, saying there is an abundance in the kingdom? I go to my Father. I sit at his table. I am filled up before I go into a world of lack. However, I'm also not living in a place in Kenya where there's lack at every turn. So how do you, as Randy deal with when you are in Kenya and you see need or lack everywhere, uh, but yet you're a believer? How do you how do you wrestle through that? Or what's your approach to that practically that you don't get overwhelmed? 
Yeah, it's easy to get overwhelmed when you see need. You know, even here, you go into Lancaster, um, you go to, to New York City, you see homeless people. Even in Ephrata, there's homeless people. And it, it, it's hard because you realize I get to sleep in a warm bed. I have food. I have uh, a hot shower. But what I look at is how can I help someone learn to fish? I think of when God said to Moses, what do you have in your hand? Mm-hmm. And he had a staff. Yep. And so we, that's what we do in Kenya and everywhere. How can I help people multiply what they have? what their gifts are, what their mm-hmm. talents are. How can we help a farmer triple the production of his milk with less money? Whether it's one cow or 10 cows, right? That's it. Yep. Because multiplication is a kingdom mindset. Yep. God wants to multiply things. Yep. And, you know, he wants to bless the work of our hands. Mm-hmm. He wants us to, you know, if we're supposed to give to the needy, how can we be in need? <laughs> Think about it. How can a blind man lead a blind man? Yeah. And so I believe God wants us to have so we can bless others. But it's not always in just giving a fish. Sometimes it is, yes. But we have a mindset is how can we teach you? We're doing construction teaching right now. How can we teach you mm-hmm. to learn how to do it faster, better, and make more money? Wow. How can we help you raise pigs? Right now we have, we're doing a pig project where we can take a pig from birth and in about five months ready for market. And Kenya is going eight and a half months. So you can save you two, three months of feed. Mm. That's in your pocket. And so that is our desire. How can we help people grow in what, they're, mm. what God has given them? And those stewardship principles transcend culture. It does. Right? It can be here in Lancaster. It can be in Kenya. You name it. Uh, so practically, a little bit more practically, what is your focus as preparing the way? What areas are you primarily focused on investing in and developing leaders in? In the body of Christ, because I believe in the church. So we're focused on the church because I want to see the church empowered, as I said earlier. Mm. So we're trying to give them business mindsets, how to handle money. Dave, if you can't handle $500, God's not going to give you $5,000. It'll kill you. And so we teach people in Kenya, how do you handle the money you have? Mm. We all want more. But if you don't know how to handle what you have, Mm. more will kill you. Yeah. And so we go back and say, no, let's learn to be satisfied with what you have, mm. be effective with what you have, and then God, who is the God of increase, can bring more finances. And so we always are trying, how can we help you be mm. self-sufficient in Christ? Mm-hmm. And because God has given us gifts and talents. He's yep. given us abilities, yep. and he wants us to work. Mm-hmm. And so how can we work more effectively? Yep. How can we work more efficiently and make more profit? Mm-hmm. So one of the uh, the key themes of this podcast is saying, you know, we can measure success a lot of different ways. Even culturally, there's different ways of measuring success. But what we're believing that what success really is in life is living a life of significance, yes. one with meaning, one that matters. And so what really matters to you, whether you do, you know, whether preparing the way goes globally or whether preparing the way is no longer in Kenya in 10 years and is somewhere else, or maybe God calls you back to construction, like probably not, but maybe, right? Yes. Like what brings you, what is a significant life to Randy, regardless of the context or the location God has you in? Significance of life is living why I was created. Mm. See, I realized that I was created. I had no choice where I'd be born, when I would be born, what family, what race. I had no decision in that. So I realized there's a God in heaven that had a decision. Every person that's born has a plan and a purpose from the King of Kings. And so living a life of significance would be, why was I created? Mm. What was I created for? Number one is to worship him, give him praise, give him glory. But he has a plan. He has a purpose. Paul said there's a race marked out for us. Your race may be different than mine, Dave. But to live a life of significance, when you can go back to the creator, when you look, I love, I'm a motorhead, (laughs) right? I have a 72 Z28 Camaro. I also, when I was in construction, I had a a Duramax diesel. Each of them are designed differently. If I would hook a 40-foot trailer to my Camaro and say we're going to the Poconos pulling a load of lumber, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. But you hook that to the Duramax, and the, the turbos start whistling, and it says, give me more, and you can go up those hills pulling all that weight. But when you 
do what you're designed to do. The significance of why you're created, mm -hmm. they come together. It's a beautiful thing. Yep. And so my desire is why was I created? Mm -hmm. And that's where we go back to the Father and say, Lord, you created me. Mm -hmm. You've given me gifts and talents, yep. but I want to live the purpose, the significance of why you chose yep. to create Randy Martin. Yep. And he's given us Preparing the Way Ministries, and it fits with the gifts and talents he's given me and the significance of life. We build churches. I don't even lift a tool anymore, but I draw the plans and I tell them how to build it. And I never thought that I would not be swinging the hammer. <laughs> and today I point and it happens. And, and that's amazing. So God, even like your journey of being in the construction field is still being used. That's correct. You're not swinging the hammer anymore, but that knowledge God is using wherever you go. And so I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you said. One of the biggest challenges for me is the amount of young people, probably in their 20s, even their 30s, that come to me on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis, and want to find their purpose. They want to find a roadmap, a handbook of life, saying, if I do this, this, and this, like in five minutes or tomorrow or next week, I'll discover my purpose, and then I can spend the rest of my life doing it. What do you say to somebody that is young and seeking their purpose? Because your journey was very unique, and, and you see God taking people on their journeys. But how do you respond to somebody, a young person that's hungry, wants to find their purpose? Here's this interview and says, man, i got to find my purpose tomorrow. That's a good question because purpose, sometimes it will change in seasons. You know, you grow up and you get married, you have children, and you think that's the rest of your life. And all of a sudden, the children are gone. And you look at your wife and like, what are we going to do now? <laughs> so in life, there are times and seasons. Yes. But Dave, my answer to that question is pursue the Father mm -hmm. and start doing what you love to do. Mm -hmm. Start doing what comes natural to you. I can speak. I can preach anywhere. If you come to me and say, Randy, we're going to XYZ and you're preaching in five minutes, let's go. Yep, you're ready. I'm ready because it's a, it's a, it's a gift that God has given me. But then you ask me to do some other things. <laughs> so what I'm saying is start doing what is good, what you're good at, what you're gifted at, what you enjoy to do and pursue that, but pursue the father and say, Lord, I want to be obedient to you. Why did you create me? And it may take some time, but do not, do not be afraid to fail in trying mm -hmm. because a lot of my failures, God used them to bring success mm -hmm. in my life. And so do not be afraid to fail mm -hmm. if you're trying and you're seeking the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, because you will make mistakes. Mm -hmm. But in those mistakes, the Father will take a mistake mm -hmm. and turn it into success. Yeah. And it is an amazing, I think, what, what prevents a lot of us from trying is the fear of failure. And if what you're saying is you seek the Father first and we're fulfilled by Him, then those mistakes and perceived failures aren't catastrophic to our life, right? Because we know who we are. We're fulfilled by Him. We're connected to Him. And then there's a grace element to all of that. Um, but I would love to hear just a little bit more even about your journey in that. Because, again, how did God mold and shape you guys? And, and perhaps even I should have maybe brought Bonnie in because she would probably have a very different story, right? Because, again, I think, you know, your gifting is visionary, man. We can blaze a trail. We'll worry about the pieces later. But there's people in your life who feel that, right? They, they feel the effects of that. So I would just love to hear, you know, as a couple even or as a family, what was kind of your process how do you see God, now that you look back, how do you see God molding and shaping you for the season you're currently in? Yeah, as I look back over the experiences of life, God was preparing us for such a time as this. We can't deny it in our family. Um, our sons, they tell me, Dad, we pay the biggest price. Mm. Because like, our youngest son bought a house and he bought, it, he bought it over public auction. And he said, Dad, you weren't there. One of my biggest purchases in life and you weren't there. And that's hard. That's hard. But through the years, um, like we knew that there was something coming that was more than what we were doing. And so there's a lot of times that we would 
we would sort of prepare ourselves for the unknown because in Christ there is a lot of unknowns to us. But he's, it's not unknown to him, Dave. And that's what gives me the hope that even though it's unknown to me, it's not to him. Mm-hmm. And so he will allow us to go through things to prepare us in our families and in our in our relationships. And my wife knew from the get-go. <laughs> We're married 36 years. <laughs> she knew I was a very unique individual. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the first time I went to Kenya... My father said, Randy, I forbid you to go to Africa. Mm-hmm. And I said, Dad, I'm a married man. I have my own, I have my own home, and I'm, I have a wife and, and a son. And he said, but Randy, you can't go. I forbid you. And I remember saying, Dad, I honor you. I believe in honoring our parents. But I said, Dad, I'm going to Africa. Long story short, he had an encounter with an angel. And my dad was very conservative wow. at night. And he was working in a room that had new windows, and an angel stood behind him and he turned around and he saw an angel and there was four of us going and the angel had his hands out and there was two in one hand and two in the other. And the angel said to my dad, they are safe in the hands of God. And I've never received a hug from my father. I never received a, you know, you can do it, but I'll never forget the night before we left for Africa. That happened on a Saturday morning, uh, Sunday night. uh, We were at church getting ready to be commissioned. Here comes my dad. And he came walking down the aisle and he gave me a hug. Wow. And said, I bless you to go to Africa. And so we look back and God was always little injections here and there of preparing us. And even as a husband and wife to to be out of the normal lifestyle and getting people telling us we're crazy. People telling us, why do you think you have to do this? And we can, in our worst moments, Dave, I want to say this. We look at each other and we just say, are we doing what God called us to do? And we both look at each other and we say yes. Mm. And that's what gives us a hope to push through because the things we're seeing are far greater than the mm. things we go through. So good. And and you touched on something that, again, I think is prevalent in Lancaster County. You know, obviously you grew up in a Mennonite home. You're saying your dad was very conservative Mennonite, forbid you to go, obviously has the encounter with the angel, which is radical and awesome, wonderful. But you touched on something there about, I honor you but you were obviously not obeying him. I would just love to hear your personal perspective on honor and obey. And how do you separate the two? And, and how do you, how do you walk in this call that you know is from the Lord while honoring people, but not necessarily obeying their reservations or forbidding you of going before the in- encounter with the angel? Yeah, it's not easy because people will misunderstand what I'm about to say. So, you know, the Bible is clear about honoring and, and respecting your parents honor the father and mother. Um, but I was an adult and I was no longer in the home. Um, I believe that when we leave our father and mother and we cling to our wife, we become a new unit mm-hmm. and we are a unit under Christ. I still respect my father, but I don't have to do, and here's where I'll probably get in trouble. I don't have to do everything my father says because now I'm a man. I have my, my wife, my family, and ultimately I'm hearing from God. And you're going to answer to the Lord. That's it. I won't answer to my father. When I stand before God Almighty, when all of us do, we can't say, Pastor, come, Father, come, Mother, come. It's me and the Father. And so my ultimate allegiance is to my Father in heaven. Mm. I still respect and honor my Father. And that's why I went to him and I said, Dad, I love you and I respect you, but I'm asking you to respect me. Mm. I'm going to Kenya. God has called me to. Mm. But I had to make that stand before the the before the Lord showed up and spoke to him. <laughs> yes, yeah. so there's that element of faith comes before understanding, and there's that careful place of like honor and respect. But yet, ultimately, we're going to answer to the Lord. Is is really what I'm hearing. So when you look back as well, whether it's recent or childhood or whatever, what are some of the highlights that you, that stand out to you? Just getting you know we read the Bible. And we talk about Jesus. We go to church on Sundays, and we might go to Bible study Wednesday night. But the rest of the week, we sort of let God go to the side. And probably the biggest thing is just knowing that God wants to be involved in every aspect of your mm-hmm. life. And uh, one of the highlights of my there's so many, um, but I remember I went to Wawa one morning. You know, us construction guys, we got stopped at our Turkey Hills <laughs> Wawa sheets, and I pull in, and there's this parking spot. That's right in the front. And I go to pull my truck in. And here comes this BMW. Cuts me off. 
pulls right in front and takes my spot. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I had to drive the whole way to the back. I walk in and I go up and there's a man in front of me buying his coffee. And the Holy Spirit said, pay for his coffee. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? And the Holy Spirit said, pay for it. So the lady said anything else to him. And I said, yeah, I'm paying for that. And the man looked back and said, what? I said, yeah, I want to buy your coffee. You ain't doing that. I said, sir, I want to bless you. And he argued with me, but he finally gave in. So I paid and I felt pretty good about myself. <laughs> and I go walking out of the Wawa. <laughs> you get to the BMW. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> hey. And so that's, you know, the Lord, like he wants, he has that relationship with us. And, you know, through the years, I'll never forget when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, just so real, raw, radical encounter. Yeah. And it's not out there in the spiritual realm. It's it's real, Dave. Mm-hmm. He wants to have a relationship just like we do with people. Yeah. And so those things throughout life, I'll never forget I went into a Burger King one time and I was sitting there and there was a, a young man come in and he had some autism. And the Lord said, go pray for him. And I'm like, seriously? I couldn't even eat my burger because I was just, I was weeping in Burger King. And I went over and prayed and I walked out and one of the employees came out and said, I saw what you just did. I mean, God is, he he just wants to be that real with us. He wants to talk to us at Burger King. I was on a flight flying to Kenya and this woman in front of me, she said, sir, I want to let you know my son's not well. This is way before COVID and all this and that. And she said, "He, he might vomit. And so she sat down and the Holy Spirit said, pray for him. And I said to the lady, I said, ma'am, can I pray for your son? She said, yeah. I said, can I lay my hands on his shoulder? She said, yeah. So I reached between the seats and I just said, in Jesus' name, heal Johnny, whatever his name was. And I forgot about it. We landed in London and she stood up and she said, sir, thank you for praying for my son. He had the best flight ever. See, those are the things that excite me because dad... God, I call yeah. him daddy. He wants to <laughs> yeah. be that real with us. And yeah. and I'm not saying it's all the time, but he wants it all the time. Mm-hmm. But we get so clouded, so busy. Yeah. And so those are the highlights in my life when he just was so real to me, Dave. There's many questions I have about the Lord, but his existence and who he is, I have no and doubt. His faithfulness, man. No doubt, just my his brother. His faithfulness. Yeah. Because he's been faithful. Even in the highs and lows, yep. he's been faithful. He's there with us regardless of, of what it seems like or what we're walking through. He says and, he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And see, the problem is we hear the words, we quote the words, mm-hmm. but do we live them? Yeah. Do we practically put them yeah. in? And I think that's when we start living life in significance. Look, if God said so, it is so. Mm-hmm. Even if I don't see it so. Yeah. It is so. And then he wants her whole heart to the point where he will put us through what you talked about at Walwall, buy the coffee for the guy that we had an ill opinion of, right? And that, But that hurts, yeah. and it requires authenticity, and it requires humility. And those are fruits of the Spirit, and we can't do that on our own strength. Right. And I'm even just processing just multiple things, even for me in my life. It's like it's not easy, man, to like die to ourselves and let him. But for you, if you think about regardless of how many more days you have on the earth, uh, what do you hope that your life investment compounds into? Like, what is a, what's the win for you? What's a good life? What life well lived? Life of significance? Just seeing people living their full potential. No one's here by accident. In Kenya, I use this story because most Kenyans want to come to America. And so I get out my cell phone and I say, did any of you receive a text message before you were born where you'd like to be born? And they're like, no. And I said, I did. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, God sent a message. Where do you want to be born? Australia, India. And then I push America and all this and that. And they start laughing. But when you realize that you were brought here with a purpose, when I leave this earth, I want that purpose to be fulfilled. The the graveyard is full of the most discouraging things. Yeah, because it's death. No, most people. Okay, let me back up. Some people go to their grave never 
living a life of significance. Mm -hmm. And that's my desire, Dave, that people around me, I will encourage them to live their life of significance. Because listen, God chose when I was coming. He chose when I'm going to (laughs) leave. And why not go to the one that created you? Why not go to the one that gave us the the owner's manual Mm -hmm. to live a life of significance, which is the Bible that's inspired by the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. So my greatest joy is I'm on an airplane sometime and someone comes and taps me and says, Randy, do you remember me? And I'll say no. And they'll say, you came to our church. You came to our youth conference. You came to our leaders conference. And because of what God did through you, Mm -hmm. today I'm on this airplane going to Australia, going to India, going to America to tell people, about the power of Jesus. So good. That will be my greatest joy when I see people that are struggling today living a significant mm. life because yeah. of the power of Jesus Christ. Come on. And so living a life of purpose and empowering others in their purpose, that's enough for you. It's enough for me. I mean, obviously knowing my name is written in Book of Life is number one. <laughs> right, yeah. And I don't do this to earn salvation. We yep. all know it's a free gift. Yep. But the Father has paid the price, Dave, Come on. so that you and I can go out and live fearlessly. Yep. And, you know, willing to take risks, willing to make mistakes, um, but use wisdom. God gave us wisdom. Yep. But ultimately for me is that when my time is over, yep. that I have fulfilled yep. the reason God yep. thought of me. So good. And now let's, um, as we look to close, let's close on a, on a little bit lighter note yet, because again, you and I, man, it's like we are, we're thriving in our purpose. We're driven. Let's go. Like, let's just blaze a trail, right? And we forget to have fun sometimes, or the people around us need to have more fun than those of us that are like, man, we're on mission. What is fun? Doesn't matter. I'm ready. Having fun. How do you have fun? Shouldn't ask that question because I, I live passionately for fun as well. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. in Kenya, when we bring teams, we do our work, and then we go to the game park, and we see the lions, we see the giraffes, we see yeah. the zebras. We go to Mombasa, which is the Indian Ocean. I go scuba diving, in the Indian Ocean, and I don't know if I ever praised the Lord more when I dove into the water, mm. having fun. Yeah. But I go down there and I see fish. Yep. Of every size, shape, yep. color. Yep. And I'm like, God, why did you create yep. such beauty that the average man will never see? Yep. And he said, it's for my glory. Yep. And so here I am scuba diving, <laughs> having a blast. And you're still being radically encountered, right? Or having a radical relationship with the Lord. That's it. Yeah. And I'm having a blast. I'm not <laughs> preaching. I'm not reading the Bible. I'm not singing hymns. Yeah. I'm, I'm scuba yeah. diving. I love to hunt. Yeah. But my passion for you know getting that big trophy buck is no longer there but i love being out in the woods i love being with my brothers i love riding four-wheeler but i'm setting my tree stand it's become my field office Mm -hmm. my tree stand has heat in it i just (laughs) built a desk i built i can have my computer there and i'm hunting and i'm still studying and and working but i love having fun i can watch a football game and you will question if I'm really a believer. <laughs> have to get reshaped at the end. <laughs> yeah. But really what I'm hearing there again is if you're pursuing your purpose, you're fulfilled. And, and you're not searching for those things for fulfillment. They're just showing up along the way. You're seeing God in it. And so really it becomes a question of, again, on our great gravestone, there's that little dash. What is that dash? Right? And it, we don't need to figure it out for everybody. But for you, it is, look, you, you know your purpose. You're living it. You're fulfilled in it. And what I'm hearing you say is you're, you're fine to let the equation of the results, the equation of success to the Heavenly Father, because you know that you're where you're supposed to be, and you're just walking, and you're encountering Him, and you're doing it with Him, and you're having a lot of fun on the way. I am. I'll have to share this. My wife, she always wanted to go to Paris. And I said, honey, that's expensive and all this and that. But traveling, we fly through London, um, Switzerland, Paris, uh, Amsterdam, and that's our route that we fly over. And so last December, 2022, I was looking for tickets to fly over in 2023. And I was online and I found the cheapest ticket. And like, wow, this ticket was really cheap. 
So I look, and it tells you how long the flight from when you leave America yep. to Kenya. And average with layovers is 20, 23, 24 hours. This was like 45 hours. And I'm like, what? Why is it so long? 24-hour layover in Paris or 20-hour layover in Paris, huh? 22-hour layover yep. in Paris. Wow. Remember, I, I only have eighth-grade education. But I'm smart enough to know, hello, I click. I go to my computer and I print out a picture of the Eiffel Tower. Uh, this is right before Christmas. Guess what my wife got for Christmas uh, present? You got a trip to Paris, huh? Come on. Yeah. And so we got to spend 22 hours in Paris. Yeah. We went before the Eiffel Tower. It was raining that day hard. Mm. And we said, Lord, we only have a few hours to go out. God is our witness. The moment we got off the train, the subway, it stopped raining. We walked out to the Eiffel Tower. We went to a restaurant right in Paris. We got back on the train. It started raining, Dave. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to say is, see, God wants to bless us, man. But we, our pursuit was not to go to Paris. Yep. Our pursuit is to go to Africa, but God gave us an amazing time yep. in Paris. I'm not yep. promising all these things, but God loves yep. to do those kind of things, yep. which brings great fulfillment. <laughs> My wife got to go to Paris. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just it's a supernatural life is what I'm hearing. Supernatural life of the Lord. Have fun. Walk in your purpose. And he's in all of it then, right? There's not a separation. He's in all of it. And so, yeah, just really grateful that you, that for our developing friendship, uh, grateful that we get to collaborate for his glory, kingdom increase. Thank you so much for your time coming in. Uh, if somebody wants to learn more about Alliance, they can go to our website, allianceus.org. Uh, but if you, they want to hear more about preparing the way ministries, what's the best way to learn more? Yes, you can go to PTW, ptwministries.org. That's our website. So PTW is preparing the way ministries and um so ptwministries.org our website's there you can see we have a lot of upcoming trips mm. we would love to have uh people come we do construction we do the youth camp we do leaders conference uh, if you have a desire to come to kenya uh, we do children's ministry we're doing a medical camp uh, we do all kinds of things to minister to the body of Christ. And we'd love to have you come. Uh, right now, there's no vaccinations. There's no COVID testing. It's just go to Kenya. And the average trip for uh, two weeks where you get to go snorkeling, scuba diving, but also do the work is around $3,000. And that's everything included. And so we'd love to have you come, be a part of that. Pray with us. And like I said, you can go online to give as well because yeah. there's a lot of need and uh, the <laughs> But God has been faithful. Yeah. Well, please know that I value our friendship. I treasure it. And I believe in you guys. And I'm just excited to see where the Lord takes all of us uh, as each day unfolds here. So thanks again, Randy. Well, thank you for the opportunity and uh, for us to share about preparing the way ministries and just seeing the church ready for Christ's return. I appreciate your friendship. It's so unique how God brought us together. Um, and that's what's so amazing. God brings people in our lives to accomplish his purpose. Open your eyes. God is bringing people all the time to fulfill his purpose in our lives. And you are part of that, Dave. And so thank you so much. God bless your ministry, Alliance Network. And we're excited to be a part of you guys. Praise the Lord. Bless you.